Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Poya. This week's episode is actually repurposed uh, on an episode that I did earlier um, this year with the team at Scratchpad. They have a great podcast called Beyond Quota, uh, and Puyan Saleh, Nate, and the rest of the crew allowed me uh, to repurpose it and reuse it for our podcast here at Uncharted Podcast. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, uh, and go check out the team at Scratchpad. Uh, they can help your sales team update Salesforce that much easier, that much more effectively, and that much quicker. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of the episode and have a great rest of your day. My name is Ross Pomerantz, otherwise known as Corporate Bro. I am joined by my co-host, Puyan. And Puyan, you feel free to say your last name for me because I'm going to butcher it and embarrass myself. No, it's all good. I think I think we're going in order of uh, more complex last names. So that's why Puyan's going after me. So I'm Puyan Salahi. I'm the CEO and co-founder at Scratchpad. And we're excited to have Puyan with us, whose last name I'm not going to try either. Uh, last name is Askui. It's a, it's after a city in Iran called Asku. We're here to talk about, honestly, how the hell to get out of sales. You know, most sales reps, I think, you know, obviously, Poya, you you did it for a long time. And that's what we're trying to do. That We're exploring the theme of how the hell do we get out from the chains, from the suffering, from the mental fatigue that, you know, comes on with with doing years and years of sales. Obviously, there's highs, the greatest highs in the world. There's some very dark, dark lows. But why don't we just start by getting a quick introduction, Poya, tell us about your sales background and then lead that, in, lead that into how the hell you got out. Was at Oracle for about 18 months, loved it, learned a lot. Um, and then I dove did into you? startup. Did you love it? Yeah, a lot of people did really, it. I did. Poya? I That's loved Oracle. Story. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about why people don't like I mean, Oracle. This is a safe space. This it is, is a safe, safe space. space. So let's it is talk a safe about space. why people don't like Oracle. So I, the reason I liked Oracle is I got lucky with my territory. And the product I was selling at that time was ERP and HR, which at that time was a huge focus, meaning you had a huge multiplier for any deal you closed. And given that I had Northern California, I got the best of both worlds. I was an inside sales rep, but I also could go visit customer. And the other reason I really liked Oracle is because you get so much diversity. I was supporting at that time three different field sales teams. And what was funny is one of them was really bad. One of them was medium and one of them like was through the roof good, right? So you got to see diversity in terms of like what made somebody successful. And you could frankly take really good traits of each people and replicate the the, the good from all three. I jumped ship into startup land. I was, and I became a, the first sales rep at a company called HackerRank. And that's for the most part what I've been doing. And going back to your question, how did I escape sales? I moved over to consulting, but what I do now as a consultant, frankly, is I'm an AE for multiple different companies at the same time. So if anything, yes, I got out of sales, but I'm pretty much doing sales now for like three or four different companies at a time. So imagine not only having one sales job, but having three different sales jobs with three different quotas at any given time. That's fun. So many questions in that. I don't even know where to start. I'm still stuck on the fact that you you said you, you really enjoyed Oracle. Um, we'll have to dig into that later because I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you. Yeah, but especially, hey, we'll yeah, take you loved it so it. much. You were there, mm, it says a year and seven months. So. 18 months. That's, that's, I, I, that's triple the average. The average person that had a class of six months, class, right? Six, they expect 70% attrition in that first year in the class of. They churn them and burn them, baby. They, they are in and out. Like one day you show up and half the desks are empty and you're like, what happened? Just kidding. I know what happened. So Poya, when did you know that it was time to move on? Not just from Oracle, but from traditional sales. 
Yeah, the last company where I was full time, uh, and it was called Automile. It, it's out there, right? People, if they wanted to search. And what happened at Automile, I joined like pre-seed, right? And I joined on the recommendation of my old boss, Don. I followed him along. I've been like I've always been very loyal. Like I trust the same group of people. For Automile, we we scaled that business really, really quickly. Within eighteen months, we took it from a million to ten million. I, I think I had a huge part as part of that process. Fast forward, like two weeks later. Um, we saw a new executive come in, they were in Utah and without telling people like, Hey, what are you saying about Utah? Nothing against Utah, Utah. Utah. but like, because of our sales cycle and variables, um, the team had made the decision to kind of move to Utah. Right. And rightly so. Right. I'm not like, it is what it is. Right. Um, but at that point I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done like doing this, like, helping this company and this was the second time i had done it i had done a hack rank going from a million to 10 and like in some ways not getting like i got i got i made money right don't get me wrong but like not leaving on good terms in some ways that i was like i might might as well just go like if i like the one to ten cycle i might as well go do it for like three or four different companies taking a company from like initial traction and making it a little repeatable i really really enjoy that phase and that's what i'm good at for someone trying to make that decision now, right, or somebody who's who's at Oracle and listening, what's one thing you learned from there that you're you're actually applying right now? Uh, the big the biggest thing I think I've learned at Oracle is the importance of brand building and like the perception that you're significantly more important than you actually are, right? Like, uh, for good or bad, like you ask the average person, they think really really highly of Oracle and they have probably no freaking idea what they're doing. But because they've they've spent so much money on their little like uh, I forgot what they did back in the day with the racing Larry Ellison's boats America's or whatever Cup. like America's Cup yeah like those little things that they look significantly better right and one of the lessons I took from Oracle is even if you're at a startup you have to show that the perception of like your little shitty startup is significantly better than it actually is basically what I hear you saying Poya is. Uh... Marketing is what matters, not sales. Oof. Here's a here's the tough part. I think sometimes I think if you're a really good salesperson, you can convert even the shittiest leads. I don't know if the reverse is also true. All the time, it's not. I can tell you. It's, Have it's you met probably, a marketer who can close? Uh, take your time. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. I the only only one I can think of is this guy running a corporate bro in. in True sense in some oh. ways he has uh, he has some marketing, you know. I've never heard of that in my life. I'll have to check in on that team and make sure they're as lean as possible because if there's a marketer on that team, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to shave some costs. There's so many ICs out there, new reps that are just like, I'm just a number, like I don't mean shit. Like I could just get fired today and no one would care and it's it's whatever. Like, how do you find that self-worth? What's worked well for me, frankly, is I've worked for the same three or four people, right? I think the number one thing you need to have is trust, right? So I've been part of like, I've had the same four or five bosses, people I report to that help pay my check, right? Uh, consistently, it's been Jason Lemkin, Brandon Cassidy, Don Irwin, right? And the reason I go time after time, sales is already fucking hard, right? And you want to make sure whoever is like supporting you and has your back, like they have your back and you have their back. And I think that is so, so, so important that you will go through the root like door and they will do the same for you. Right. Because it's like, you need to go fight and get that deal for them because it's their quota that you're helping like meet and 
as well as you. But you also got to make sure like if push come to shoves and you want to get like that extra spiff or something that they do the same for you in return. How did you know that they were a good manager? How did you build that trust? I think at the beginning, you got to prove your, you got to prove your like value, right? And how do you do that? You just consistently start hitting one or two things. And frankly, like if a manager or VP doesn't realize their worth and they let you go, if you're consistently hitting quota, you're doing what they're asking you to do, then like you don't want to work for that person anyway, right? The best like revenue leaders, like Brendan Cassidy comes to mind right away. That guy's had like 20 people under him that have gone on to become CROs or like VPs of sales are very, very successful in some cases, CEOs, right? And the reason for that is like he's, it's a give and a take, right? Like anytime he's provided value, those team members have provided value in return. What do your days look like now? Like you, you talked about, you still have kind of three quotas, but uh, you know, obviously the theme of what we're doing is how do we get out of that? I mean, obviously you, you your quotas are the ones you choose. The, the life you have is the one you, you've chosen, which I think is mainly the, what we're talking about here is not necessarily get away from quota if that's what you like. Um, so what are your, what are your days look like? Going back to point, one of the reasons I've chosen this three companies at a, at a given time, I don't have to be desperate, right? So sometimes when you don't want a sales role is because you're desperate to hit that quota. You don't have enough pipeline, right? That's not the case for me because most of my money comes from variable, right? So in other words, I don't even have a base salary. So I only like benefit if I'm actually closing, right? Um, so why do I say that? Uh, or why do I bring this up? It, I get to choose who I want to work with, which is, I think, awesome, right? But now I have three different avenues to make sure that happens, right? So I'm giving myself like more leverage. And I, I personally think long-term in 20, 30 years from now, we may actually see more and more of sales be this way. I, I could become like the event sponsorship guru, right? And companies can come to me, hey, here's our like event plan. Which events do you recommend, right? And I get to do what's right for the client and not the, not the reverse. Right. Something along those lines, I would not be surprised if like B2B moves in that direction. In terms of what do my days look like, I think you need to be really, really organized. So three days a week, I, I'm at Saster and one day is for another client. One day isn't for another client. And you really, really, really need to be strict. Um, the tough part, I think, in a virtual world, those lines blur a little. The reason I like that rule of like these three days are for one client, this other day is for another client is that context switching that has doesn't happen. And I think where it gets taxing is that context switching, where one hour you're talking about one company, then the next hour you're talking about one other company. That's that's what becomes, in my opinion, the like the most frustrating part about the experience because it's too taxing, at least for me, for my brain power. And the only other thing I wanted to say is like, I know I'm sitting here and I'm making it easy, but I I I've had a lot, a lot of frustrating days and I still do, right? There are times like, where I lose sleep over a deal loss or how am I going to hit my quota here and there? Like, I think it's really, really normal to have those things. And you all, I think everybody listening to this, you need to also have your balance on how do you like get rid of that stress, right? You said mentioning having, having tough days. Tell us about, tell us about one. We'll return after this quick advertisement by Bambi. When running a business, HR issues can kill you wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of $75,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was created specifically for small businesses like you. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability 
to your biggest strength. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day to day, all for just $99 a month. That's month to month, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go to Bambi.com slash scale right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash scale. Spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash scale. If anybody knows anything about Oracle or like bigger companies, once you commit a deal, you better close that deal. There was one deal specifically where um, it was us against a company called Jobbyte. It was for like applicant tracking system and it was for Taleo. And this freaking customer kept saying, it's you guys, don't worry. Like we will get this signed. I don't know why the CFO is holding it on and on and on and on. And the thing we used to do at Oracle back in the day when you had a legitimate customer that had a lot of potential, you could take him in 2012, 13, you could take them to Oracle Arena because tickets weren't that cheap. You could give them like the red carpet experience. And we we rented this like um, club or suite at Oracle, right? And we told the customer, hey, do you and your team want to go and we can celebrate like us signing our partnership by like celebrating at the Oracle Arena? So he's like, yeah, absolutely. And we got buses for them and like we literally gave them the red carpet experience. And he he's like, I will get this contract signed um, the day like we do the Oracle Arena so we can switch. For whatever reason, like we, we take him out. We enjoy this party. We have a great experience. We paid for everything. And <laughs> for whatever reason, the contract wasn't signed. And this buyer was like, don't worry, on Monday, come Monday, this will be signed. Um, and then we go, Sky comes and his team comes fucking completely shit faced. Like they were so drunk, which is like already a huge red flag because like the Oracle event management team was there. And this was like a small event. Like it's like 20 people and like half the people were from this one company, but we're like, don't worry. Like there's so much potential in this account. Don't worry. Like we got this come Monday. <laughs> this guy is like, Hey guys, I, I have some bad news. Can we jump on a call? And we jump on a call at like 9am and he tells me, Oh, like our CFO, without telling me like decided to sign this contract with Jobvite. And we're like, Oh my God, holy shit. And this was like a week before Oracle was about to like close its books for the year. It's like may, um, that to this day is like probably the most painful moment I've had because I had to call like six different VPs and be like, Hey, remember that deal? Like, please take it off of your forecast. So we, what we were trying to do with all of our guests, we're going to ask everybody, what their go-to pump-up song is. And over time, we're going to build... Well, I've got another question after that, but we're trying to build a list of kind of those those pump-up songs. Mine is obviously any song from the Moana soundtrack. But what would your song be, your pump-up song before going to close the biggest deal of your life? To this day, that 8 Mile song and album is like exactly what I love. So uh, Lose Yourself is probably what I'm going to go with. A close second, and I know this sounds cheesy because every single time I bring it up, my partner absolutely hates me for it. Um, in, in the club by uh, by Fifty Cent. Like those are the two songs. Like, Richard, I try it. Why not? I, I'm going to ask the follow up question then. What's your recovery song? You're sitting in the big stall. You're sobbing. Like you're sniffling. People are like, sounds like a you know sad opera singer in there, but it's you. I I think Neo is like a great song. Another song that like just gets me going. I know this sounds cheesy, but it was just like my high school song is Umbrella by like Rihanna and Jay Z. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So we'll 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 add that. We're gonna we'll have we'll have two playlists, man. We'll have the hype song and then the recovery one. So but really quick, before we let you go, where can people find you? Like what's the name of your podcast? You know, 
if people wanted to connect with you, what's the best way to do it? Puyan knows this. I try being very, very accessible and pay forward in any way I can. So the podcast is Uncharted Podcast. We like to showcase the human side of the next generation of tech leaders. Um, in terms of hitting me up, I think LinkedIn is probably the best way. Poyaskui. Uh, I think if you put in POYA, I'll be the first to come up. It was an honor to have you here. Hopefully we'll, we'll get you on again. When running a business, HR issues can kill you. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $75,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses like you. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day to day, all for just $99 a month. That's month to month, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go to Bambi.com scale right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com scale. Spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash scale.